Welcome to the Right Division Network Podcast, a production of Grace Family Bible Church in Buffalo, New York. I'm your host, Pastor Scott Morton. And we'd like to thank you once again for joining us as we study God's Word, Rightly Divided. We're going to be continuing our studies here in the book of 1 Thessalonians. We are here in chapter number 4. and We've been looking at verse number 16, which says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. So we've been continuing our look here at the events known as the catching out of the saints or what's commonly referred to as the rapture. And we left off with the issue of looking at the thing of the Lord himself and what really is going to be accomplished with this. We left off reading Colossians chapter number 3 speaking of how it's the heavenly focus compared to everything related to the coming in prophecy of where he's going to literally set foot on the earth to establish the kingdom. And I want to look at one more aspect of this coming before we move on here in this verse where we have thing let's go over to 1 Corinthians chapter number 15 because we're going to see here in 1 Corinthians where the apostle Paul is going to be describing the body that the members of the body of Christ are going to receive when he comes back for us and we meet him in the air and here in 1 Corinthians chapter number 15 we're going to start here at verse number 38. It says, But God giveth it a body as it hath pleased him, and to every seed his own body. All flesh is not the same flesh, but there is one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of beasts, another of fishes, and another of birds. There are also celestial bodies and bodies terrestrial, but the glory of the celestial is one, and the glory of the terrestrial is another. There is one glory of the sun, and another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars. For one star differeth from another star in glory. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. And so it is written, The first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Howbeit that was not first, which is spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterward, that which is spiritual. The first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, such as they also that are heavenly. 
And as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I shew you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall put on incorruption, and this mortal shall put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So when we look here at this passage, we see that the Apostle Paul says an awful lot of things related to the body that we are going to receive when we meet him in the air. And you see how it starts with this issue of talking about the glory, comparing the glories of different bodies, looking at how they're not all fleshly things have the same glory, then compares it to the fact that there's a difference between the earthly glory and the heavenly glory. Looking at it in verse 41 of the issue of the brightness of them determining the glory in the heavenly places. So that gives us an idea of when you look at the things of the judgment seat of Christ and how the differentiation is going to occur as individuals are put into those different heavenly positions, that there's going to be a difference in the brightness of what's coming off of them. Then you start seeing this description of the body and talk about how it's going to be incorruptible. There's going to be glory. There's going to be power. It's going to be a spiritual body. You know, all of these different things that we're seeing listed out that describe this body that we are going to have. And we know that we're going to need a different body than we have because this body could not survive in the heavenly places and it definitely could not even survive for all of eternity because as we get older we realize how our body is breaking down that as the years go by there are aches and pains that start to develop and where a person starts having more difficulty getting around. That, you know, you can just start listing all of the problems 
that come up with this body that Paul is identifying will not be there when we are in the heavenly places because we are going to have a glorified body that's going to reflect the position that we have. That's why he says it's incorruptible. You, know, you see how he identifies that right now we have a victory. You know, we have a victory over the things of law, sin, and death. The moment we put our trust in the gospel message for today, the fact that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures. The moment we put our trust in that, we're saved, we're sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise to guarantee our salvation, and we have the victory over those things to be able to say that yes this is true of who we are as the members of the body of Christ now Paul in our text is talking about how the Lord Jesus Christ is going to be you know appearing in the heavens and we know that this is where the Lord Jesus Christ is right now. In fact, even for Israel's program, that's where it is. We can go, for example, let's go over to Acts chapter number 1. And we're going to see how in Acts chapter number 1, and we'll read here starting in verse number 9 and read down through verse number 11 of Acts 1. It says, And when he had spoken these things while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven shall go come like in manner as ye have seen him go up into heaven. So, the nation of Israel is looking for him to be coming from heaven. And we see this as a thing of that we are waiting for him to be coming in the heavenly places for us to go meet him there. We see how the Apostle Paul makes a reference here to something. If we go over to Ephesians chapter number 4. And we're going to read this verse that sometimes causes confusion for individuals. When Paul says here in Ephesians 4 and verse 8, Wherefore he saith, when he ascendeth up high... He led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. And that there's this confusion of what is it that 
the Apostle Paul is making a reference to here related to the, the fact that he led captivity captive. Now what we have here is the Apostle Paul quoting Psalm 68 verse 18 speaking of this and what Paul's making a reference to is the issues of what happened to the individuals who were part of Israel's program and how those who were in hell have been led out of that captivity. If we go over to Luke chapter number 16, you see this description here in Luke 16. We'll start at verse 19 of something the Lord Jesus Christ was teaching at the time. It says there was a certain man which had clothed in which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores, and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores, and it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water, and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, rememberest that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went from unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. Now, in this teaching that we have here, we have this description of where the Lord Jesus Christ is describing hell and showing how there's this portion of where there's torments and then there's the portion that's known as Abraham's bosom and the captivity captive is what is being described of Abraham's bosom that's being brought up waiting for the kingdom to be established. And that's what you have being described by the Apostle Paul. It's why you can see how things of what is written. Let's go over to Acts chapter number 2. 
here in Acts chapter number 2. We're going to start here in verse number 22. It says, Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know. Him being delivered by the determining counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain, whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. For David speaketh concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand, that I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice, and my tongue was glad. Moreover also my flesh shall rest in hope, because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. So we have this issue of where you know, David, who wrote this psalm, is indicating that he knows that he's not going to be left there. He knows that there's something greater that's going to happen with it. And that's where this aspect of the fact that he's leading captivity captive is going to occur. And this is where we have, for example, Matthew chapter 12 and verse 40 describe something that says for as Jonah was three days and three nights in the whale's belly so shall the son of man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth so you see how that description of what's happened after the cross that he was in the earth for three days and three nights there and individual, well, what what was exactly happening during that time that he was in the earth for three days and three nights? Well, we have a description of that over in the book of First Peter. Let's go to First Peter chapter number three, and we're going to see in verse, verses eighteen through twenty a statement of what was going on during that time. It says, For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit, by which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison, which sometime were disobedient when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was a preparing wherein few, that is, eight souls, were saved by water. So we have this description of him being down there and says that he's preaching unto them. So he's declaring what has been done, what was accomplished on the cross. So that way, there would be an understanding of these things and how when he's leading the captivity captive that they have the understanding 
of it and that those that are left there that they have an understanding of why it is that they have been left there so that's where this issue of the captivity captive actually comes in and i know we just covered that very quickly about a year ago we covered that during our ephesians study um, so if you're looking for that information you can go back and look at some of our ephesians studies that we did on sunday mornings to get some of that in much more detail let's go over to acts chapter number seven and we're going to see how there's another description identifying that that's where he is and that Israel kind of understood this here in verse 51 of Acts 7. Ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, ye do always resist the Holy Ghost. As your fathers did, so do ye. Which of the prophets have your have not your fathers persecuted? They have slain them which shewed before of the coming of the just one, of whom ye have been now the betrayers and murderers who have received the law by the disposition of angels and have not kept it. When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart and they gnashed on him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God and said, Behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord and cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Now, we see how you know, Stephen had been preaching to them, declaring you know, all of their failures. They're rejecting what it is that he's saying to them. He identifies their rejection and tells them he sees the Son of Man, the Lord Jesus Christ, standing in heaven, and when he declares this, that's an indication of the prophecy laid out in Isaiah about that he standeth to plead and to judge. They understood that prophecy. They understood what was being said to them. And that's why they run upon him in that full rejection of what's being said because it's being declared that they know that what's coming they just didn't want it to be the Lord Jesus Christ whom they had crucified because that would show that they had rejected the Messiah and they didn't want that to be true so they react in this manner, thinking that somehow their reaction could actually undo the fact that they had 
actually truly rejected the individual who was supposed to come and save them. The person who was supposed to come and establish the kingdom upon the earth. Now, next week we'll continue on looking at some of these things related to the Lord being in heaven. And we'll pick up over in Acts chapter number 9 with the Apostle Paul seeing him in heaven's glory when he was on the road to Damascus. Now, as we close here, I'd like to remind everyone of our website, which is www.gracefamilybiblechurch.org. And on our website, we have a number of study articles. We have some audio files of previous messages. We have charts to help you in your study of God's Word. And we have information on how to contact us if you have any questions or comments about anything in our broadcast, anything on our website. We would love to hear from each and every one of you. And until next time, keep fighting that good fight of faith, preaching this message to this lost and dying world.